Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? High Learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan Jr. And it's me, Rachel Lynn Lindsay. I'm sad. I know. Not great. I know. No pleasantries because we have to make sure that we polish a queen's crown before she goes to rest. Uh, Tina Turner has died. This happened on uh, Wednesday. Uh, She was 83 years old. Uh, She died um, near Zurich in Switzerland where she had been residing for a while. She was 83 years old. In 2016, she had underwent a kidney transplant. Uh, Excuse me. She was diagnosed with cancer in 2016 and had received a kidney transplant in 2017. Anime Bullock was born in 1939 in Nutbush, Tennessee and went on to change the world in myriad ways. That's first as part of the I Continue Turner Review. And then as a trailblazing solo artist and a symbol of survival and perseverance. Uh, your thoughts when you first saw that Tina had left us? Oh, man. Um, it was like a gut punch. Because, I don't know, Tina, Tina Turner meant a lot of different things to a lot of people. But what's interesting is the fir- there's a, you know, people say they live multiple lives. You really can draw the line in Tina's life before and Tina's life after. Um, and I was having a conversation with someone at work who actually had no idea about Tina's life before the What's Love Got to Do With It album. Um, they did not know about the domestic violence that she suffered. They didn't know about her losing everything and, you know, being on government assistance. They didn't know anything about that. They knew the music, but they didn't know the story, which was shocking to me. And then I thought about it and I said, that is because Tina picked herself up, rebuilt her image and became an inspiration to people in her 40s, coming back, had becoming an icon, a legend with a solo career after all that she had endured. And there are people that truly don't even know about before because of everything that she built after that. And so when you think of Tina, you just think of a story of perseverance, um, inspiration, and someone who really gave a voice to people who were experiencing domestic violence. It didn't know that there could be another side of it. And it's been really interesting to see people share their stories and talk about how they didn't feel comfortable until they either listened to an interview with Tina or they read her book or they watched the movie What's Love Got to Do With It about her book or saw the musical. Um, She really was a symbol of excellence. And she is. She still will be. Um, Yeah. So, like Rachel said, Two lives lived. She's almost like a cultural parent mm-hmm. in that you grew up with the childhood version of Tina. You must understand the touch of your hand makes my pulse react. You know what I mean? Um, and then that's like the Tina you know. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. 
You know what I mean? You know, you know all of that. And then like you realize your mom tells you or your dad tells you or somebody tells you, like, Tina Turner been like doing this for a long time. Like, mm-hmm. I know that's what you know of Tina Turner, but let me tell you about the Tina Turner that I know. I remember it was yeah. my mother that first said that her husband used to beat the hell out of her. And I was like, who is her husband? Because I had never heard of him. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't I, I didn't know. And she's like, yeah. Wild? Yeah, he's like, your her, her husband used to beat the hell out of her. I was like, I don't know who, who was her, who was she married to? You know what I mean? And she was like, she was married to Ike Turner. And then my mom told me who Ike Turner was. Uh, and beyond being a vile human being, um, which is the first thing you should say about Ike Turner. He was also a very important figure in music, um, the origins of rock and roll, and uh, uh, a certain type of swanging and wrangling on the guitar. Ike Turner was very instrumental in that. But obviously the enduring um, image of Ike Turner is one that made Tina's life a living hell, which was, of Mm -hmm. course played out in the book and then the movie What's Love Got to Do With It and like the book is was I, Tina I think What's Love Got to Do With It is the name of the movie and when I saw that as a kid uh, or as a I guess a teenager since 92 it was just insane to know everything that she had been through to get to the moment where she could ask What's Love Got to Do With It Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, it, mm-hmm. it made all of that stuff so much more powerful when you see a survivor and just the elegance and the strength on the other side of it. Um, and like as much credit as we give Tina for what she endured and she deserves all of that, you hope that her story makes it so that people don't have to endure that type of thing. But yeah. beyond all of those travails, just in terms of stagecraft, um, in terms of uh, vocals, in terms of energy, in terms of that essence that really makes a superstar and a lasting, memorable, important performer. She was like the blueprint in so many ways. There's so many people out there and mm-hmm. you think they're doing Aretha, but they're really doing Tina. You, know, right. you think they're doing Diana. And by the way, all these women are queens, uh, but they're really doing Tina because of the high energy stagecraft, the high energy, uh, the the endurance, the strength, the power, the mm-hmm. just, just a force of nature. Um, yeah, and you know, got away from this hellhole we call America, went over to Switzerland, <laughs> and lived her life out in a quiet, dignified, reserved <laughs> way on her own terms. You know what I mean? It's just, right. it's, I don't know. It's just, just a part of me that's not ready to let this generation of black Americans go. They, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, sometimes I wonder, you know, I did a podcast recently and shout out to Matt Hoffa and everybody over at My Expert Opinion. And uh, um, and we talked about a lot of things, and it was it was a lot of fun being there with the guys. I think they have a great podcast. But one of the things that me and Math went back and forth on was the whole slavery is, uh, was a choice thing, mm-hmm. and whether or not um, it's fair to castigate or criticize our ancestors for 
or what we feel like they should have done during that time or any other time, really. Because if you extrapolate that out, right, you can go from slavery, you can go to Jim Crow, or why didn't we? And you know, and by the way, you know, I keep telling people there were all kinds of people who who said no and who stood up and who revolted in myriad ways. You had the deacons of defense that took on the Ku Klux Klan. You just got to know a little bit more about your history to know in ways that Black people have always asserted themselves in America. But part of this is a greater conversation about what it means to be an ancestor, what it means to be Black on this planet for like a long time, to go through the things that Black people go through, to come from Nutbush, Tennessee, to deal with what Black women deal with, to be a mother and a performer and all of that, and have an existence that's so excellent, but so specifically rooted in our culture and what it means to really value that. I just want us to value that. I want us to value Tina. I want us to value Diana Ross. I want us to value Aretha Franklin. I want us to value all of these people that did these amazing things. And I also want us to value the people that did the things that are amazing in their everyday lives, that went to work every day, the bus drivers, the Black people who went through this specific point of American history. And those are the people that raised me and we're losing them. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah, I heard somebody say something like, the older you get, you have, we're we're at that age where we're starting to see our legends leave us. And it never gets easy. And then you also start thinking like, man, did I appreciate them? Because that's the thing, I was like, I didn't even know, you know, Tina Turner was sick. You know, she lived a quiet life. She came out for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We saw that. She had a couple of interviews. There's a documentary on HBO. Max or Max, whatever it's called now. Um, and uh, she's got the musical, which is coming to L.A., by the way, if you yeah. guys want to see it. I mean, in L.A. Um, it's traveling right now. Yeah. And you just wonder, like, did I. I don't know. It's just I, I'm struggling with the words here. They're obviously not forgotten. And these are people that we, you know, admire and we grew up on and that impacted our lives in in different ways. But then you also get caught up in your own life. Sometimes you forget and then they pass away and it's like, oh, did I do enough? I don't know if it's the right way to say it, but did I do enough to honor them? Did I, did I, did we appreciate them like we should have appreciated them? That's how I felt with Tina. But it just makes you wonder like who we have to appreciate the ones that we have left. We have to honor them. We have to celebrate them um, and let them know what they mean to us and not take it for granted, you know, that they're still here. We need to celebrate them while they're here. Let me let me shoot you some bail right there. Tina wasn't trying to be bothered with you. <laughs> Tina was just fine. <laughs> Tina, Tina, no. Tina had had enough of this country. All right, like she That's kept. That's fine. Tina, I can love her Tina, from over Tina here. Wasn't, Tina wasn't. Tina was. Tina was just fine, and she lived her life on her terms. It's very beautifully <laughs> and well said, and we do need to uh, appreciate everybody. That's why I'm glad that we joking with Smokey. I'm glad that Smokey was gang banging, gang banging. I'm I'm glad that because that lets us know Smokey's still here. You know what I mean, um, man. That lets us know that Stevie, like Stevie Wonder, he's still here. Stevie probably got his newspaper and looked at the newspaper and read about Tina passing away and was probably very upset. You know what? 
while he well, was not gonna do playing his PlayStation and looking, he, he was probably very upset. We stay a lot. They still here. You know, a lot of them are still here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I saw the shout out to Blitz. I saw the first trailer for the uh, for the Color Purple movie. Oh, my gosh. And it made me think about Danny Glover. Like, Danny's still kicking. Danny's still around. They're still here. And I looked at the trailer. I'm looking at Coleman Domingo, and I'm like, Coleman Domingo, an amazing actor. Mm-hmm. But he also brave. Because you couldn't pay me $20 million to play Mr. Like, it, 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 I'm thinking about that movie, because that movie was a part of this entire time, celebrating these people. You, you know, uh, and celebrating them. And looking at this movie I watched with my grandmother. The movie, that's a black movie. I'm looking at, I looked at the thing, I'm like, okay, color purple for it. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking with it. At the same time, you could pay me 20 million right now, I wouldn't play Mr. Because Danny <laughs> well, Glover, every time my mother sees Danny Glover, she's like, this motherfucker. <laughs> I'm like, it's, it's, one, it's one thing, mom. It's like, you know. He played, like his, he played his role well. But right. Coleman's playing it, you know, this, this is a, more the musical. So maybe you won't feel as strongly. <laughs> so what? So what that mean? <laughs> well, the story is gonna. Be, gonna the story do, is more is 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 bigger. Like it's okay. it's more of um, Suge and Celie's relationship that mm-hmm. we didn't get in the movie. Because I, I was talking to somebody about this, and you know, in the movie, it made it seem like Suge just wanted Celie to be loved, and so she gives her that that kiss and that affection in that moment because she wanted her, she wasn't getting love from any other place and she wanted her to feel it. But in the musical, in the book, um, it really explores their relationship. And so oh, I don't know how much like Mr. Mr. we're going to get, but you're right. It's a break. But if anybody can do it, it's Coleman Domingo for sure. Coleman Domingo, fantastic. So, you know, think about that movie. That movie is almost a celebration of a certain time or a real, you know, a, a look into it from Alice Walker. And by the way, I'm sure that it's a musical. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I know that it's a musical, but the only thing that can make Mr.'s treatment of Seeley worse is if he was singing a song while he was doing it because the nigga was wild. Okay. Well, so um, get ready. Yeah. Uh, Tina, we love you. You have earned your rest. Rest well, my sister. Uh, we will come back. With Ron DeSantis. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S IAN.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. 
All right, Rachel. Uh, the moment you've been waiting for, it finally happened. Uh, <laughs> Don't do that. You like it. Ron DeSantis has entered the presidential race. He did it on Twitter Spaces. It went off without a hitch. It went perfectly. Um, <laughs> it, it wasn't uh, a disaster, a disastrous way to announce your candidacy. It was one of the best things anyone's ever done. That is called sarcasm, my friends. Um, Twitter Spaces, Wednesday. This is how it went. Donnie, video. All right, I'd like to welcome uh, Governor DeSantis uh, for this uh, historic. We're just trying to, just trying to get it going because there's so many people. That's unfortunate. Right, I'd like to never seen this before. Welcome, so. uh, Governor DeSantis uh, for this uh, historic. We're just trying, just trying to get it going because there's so many people. All right, there it is, DeSantis is running for president. It's official. Rachel, uh, how are you feeling? I know that this is something that you've been waiting for. <laughs> no. <laughs> First thing that comes to mind, all I, all I think about is pudding fingers. I can't see him any other way at this point. And that's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for the debates. I'm waiting for the campaign ads. I'm waiting for the back and forth as they tear each other apart. And they will. I don't know if it was, I don't know if this actually came from Trump's campaign who put it together or not, but they've already started where they're, they say DeSantis wouldn't be anything without Trump. He was losing in his, in his uh, governor race the first time he ran until Trump backed him. And it's because of Trump that he has become who he is. He's nothing without Trump. This is what, this is paraphrasing what that ad says. And that's just the beginning. That's what I'm waiting for. On the other side of it, it's a little terrifying because should Ron DeSantis, as he says in that ad, I mean, in that announcement, um, win the primary and end up running against Biden and potentially wins the presidency, if you watch what he's done and continuing to do in Florida, if he gets the power to do that nationwide, it is scary. If people forget some of the things that DeSantis has done since he's been governor in the state of Florida, criminalized gender-affirming care for minors, restrictions on drag shows, critical race theory, he's gone against that. He's gotten rid of DIE, d diversity, equity, Inclusion? Yeah. Diversity, equity, inclusion. He's got rid of that out of schools. We already know about the Don't Say Gay bill. He's attacking corporations. Disney. We know that. We've covered it. He's made it to where you can carry a concealed weapon without a permit. Uh, book bans. He is not. He doesn't allow transgenders to participate in sports. He doesn't allow there to be bathrooms uh, for everyone. They have to be gender specific. And then we know his stance on abortion six-week abortion ban. The only exception is if you're dying. Does not, there's no exception for rape or incest. He does allow abortion up to 15 weeks, but you have to prove, you have to have proof of a restraining order or a police report to get that exception. DeSantis is a monster and his monstrosity will expand outside of Florida should he get the chance to be president. And that's scary. And that's, we have to keep reminding 
ourselves of what he's doing in Florida. We think that it doesn't impact us because we don't live in the state. But should he have the opportunity to have that kind of power nationwide? It's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, it, it, the interesting part of it for me, I mean, the DeSantis in this record, uh, he's he's not running away from that. He's made himself the the poster child for um, regressive politics. And he's he's proud of it. He's proud of it. I think the most interesting mm-hmm. part of it is going to be twofold. One, how he is going to reconcile his relationship with the MAGA wing of the party in terms of the wing of the party that does whatever Donald Trump wants them to do. Okay. He, in his Twitter address, seemed to give hints at what he was going to, uh, what he was going to use to separate himself from Donald Trump. And it was the fact that he feels like he can win and Trump can't. That's what he said. He said that uh, he's tired of losing. He says to do all the things that he wants to do, um, he has to win. We have to win to do these things. And that Donald Trump's recent streak of losing, really he's lost since he won, um, is going to make sure, it's going to, it's going to make sure the Republicans can't do the things that they want to do because you got to win. So he's going to sell himself as the opponent that can actually beat Joe Biden, Joe Biden, the Republican that can, that can actually win the White House again. Uh, because as far as materially, there won't be that much difference between him and Donald Trump. And he's not attempting to strike a chord with any voters who might be in the middle or moderates on either side because all of his positions are so extreme. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this will be a lot of show for DeSantis. Uh, he did tout a little bit of his record in Florida. Not the things that we just talked about, but other things. Uh, minority employment in Florida, Black-owned businesses in Florida to combat uh, what he felt like was the NAACP's political attack against his candidacy in Florida. He talked a little bit about you know, the economy in Florida as a whole. He talked a little bit about uh, you know, how he sees his vision of America in Florida embraced science is what he says in terms of mass mandates and all of that stuff. But, you know, all of that smoke and mirrors. Right. You can, you can look at somebody and, 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 and look at what they believe and what they've used their bully pulpit as, as governor to, to put forth and, um, and ascertain whether or not they're for or against the vision of America that, that we think that we should be living. But what I did see though, in his Twitter address are some political talking points that if not carefully vetted and discussed might work on some people. And and particularly people who are uh, particularly people who are um, who are who are less engaged politically than they should be. You know, who don't understand uh, like what's going on? I'm just being for real. No, and I'm, I'm, you, I'm, I, I'm. Yeah, and I'm saying this to say that here on this platform, we really have to be dedicated to being issue based and uh, really dive into who these people actually are, and not cover them in in a celebrity like 
celebrity cultural narrative type way, if I'm saying that right. Meaning we have to talk about what Ron DeSantis is doing and has done. So why, why what you just did is very important. And we have to keep it about issues because the fight between Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump is going to be a bunch of bullshit. It's mm-hmm. not going to be about anything. That's like literally Celebrity Apprentice is what that's going to be more about. But at some point in this election, DeSantis is going to have a couple of things maybe ha- maybe happen for him. And then after that, a couple of other things will happen. If Donald Trump gets in too much trouble and all of this mm-hmm. stuff looks like it's going to hurt him, then DeSantis and his people will smell blood. His donors will smell blood. Everyone mm-hmm. around him will smell blood. And there'll become a point here to where the Republicans who desperately in their hearts, not the constituency of the Republican Party, not the people, but the brass, desperately want to move away from Donald Trump. They really do. They do, but they can't because they are held hostage by what the people want. They try, remember? After after January 6th, they thought, hey, it's over. But mm-hmm. McCarthy was back in Mar-a-Lago what, within a month because Donald Trump yeah. didn't lose any points in terms of the Q rating. It was still, he was still, you know, the man with them. But at some point, they'll see their moment. And after they see their, mo- their moment to destroy Trump, DeSantis will come to the center. He will. He will come to the center. And you'll hear about HBCUs. You'll hear about Black ownership. And you'll hear about all of these other things that he touted during that Twitter spaces. And what you won't hear is that his entire political existence is dedicated to coddling and uh, and empowering the furthest right wing of the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. A vision of America that to me is not sustainable right now with where we are. So right. um, as bad as this was, I just want I want to make sure we pay attention to him and really all of them. Nikki Haley's gonna Nikki Haley's running essentially for vice president. Mike Pence is a zombie. I don't even think there's anything under there. Okay. You think he's gonna announce? I think he will. He okay. Yeah. Mike Pence is a zombie. I don't even think there's anything other there. Uh, <laughs> Tim Scott is your nice guy. Ron DeSantis is your fighter. Um, but there hasn't been anyone in of any of these people who seem willing to stand against what the Republican Party has become in the last six years. Yeah. Not one of yeah. them. Now, I'm not saying that the Republican Party before was any walking apart, but I'm saying right now, they yeah, are some the real part. fuck you niggas and gay people type shit. Yeah. So No, it is. And it's interesting what you say about Tim Scott, too, because you called him the nice guy. Not to be confused with he's so nice that he's not like the others. No, he's doing it under the guise of conservatism, conservatism and religion. Like that's, that's what he's hiding under. And that's, and to, to your point, and the spelling out who Ron DeSantis is, that's what we have to do for all of them. Don't get caught up in the labels that you just gave them and going deeper and diving deeper into who they really are. Mm, mm, mm. Pence, we'll there's nothing behind there. Nah, Pence, Pence is, <laughs> I look at Pence now. Pence, I keep thinking Pence going to pull off his face 
like one of those Mission Impossible masks. <laughs> like Pence, there's nothing under Pence. Pence, they killed Pence that day. Like Mike Pence He's as a political. He's always been like that. But like Mike Pence as a political entity, he died on January 6th. They executed him. They you literally. Said, <laughs> keep going. Go ahead. I'm just saying, like he, you look at him, he doesn't know who he's supposed to be or how he's supposed to be. Like the whole Republican Party is a big cuck sandwich. Cuckety cuck, cuck, cuck. You All love of that them. word. I, I do like that word. You, you do. You really do like that word. Um, <laughs> Nikki Haley running for vice president. Whose vice presidency is she, or uh, who's she trying to run on? Whose ticket is she going to run on? Who's going to take her? Do you think DeSantis would take her? Probably not. I think that the, I think the dream ticket for the Republicans before this was the DeSantis Tim Scott ticket, which if they were smart, they would have been gunning for in the first place because it would be a, a formidable ticket. The Trump, I, I, I'm 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 hoping for a Donald Trump nomination. Everybody else is against it. I'm hoping for it. It's the best thing for us. The best thing for us is that Donald Trump gets a nomination, and then we I could just walk. I completely agree with you. We could you. walk around holding up his picture, and get everybody to turn out. Just <laughs> with the messaging issues um, from the Democrats and some of the other stuff, you know, we need to have a real, real good rest of 2023 uh, and early parts of next year to get things back on track in a way. Uh, other than that, I think they're vulnerable, more vulnerable than they think they are. But we'll see. All right. Uh, Real Housewives of Potomac. Mm. Candace Dillard Bassett. She disproned. Oh, my God. She shared a clip <laughs> of Pennsylvania teens. Jay Marie and young Liza going to prom. They had, it was very extravagant. We talked about this a little bit. They were they were they were dressed up, surrounded by friends and family. They stepped out into a storm of confetti, a DJ, all kinds of stuff. And she tweeted about it. Candace, who you love. She said, Good I girl. pray this tacky, overdone prom trend is over by the time mine are ready. We not doing this. They look nice though. These are kids. She said they look nice. We got to stop this, man. Shout out to Kansas. Shout out to the music. But we got to stop this thing to where we, this is like some real get off my yard type shit right here. I actually don't agree with you at all, but go ahead. This is some real get off my yard type shit. I've heard this before. When I was going to prom, you know what the thing was? Why they need a limo for the prom? Really? Yeah, it was like the older people was like, why y'all need a limo for the prom? Why can't y'all just carry ourselves? Old people always got a different way of saying uh, get in the car and drive someplace. Why can't y'all just carry ourselves to the prom? Why y'all need a limo for the prom? Because, motherfucker, I love you. I love y'all, but guess what? We got limos now. It's different. Relax. It's prom. They kids, man. You know, I saw okay. Bronny. Bronny was dressed out for the prom. I got my prom shit from Men's Warehouse. Bronny had some shit that looked like that shit came straight from Marco Aurelius Fashions in Milan, Europe, Fendi bag, 
do whatever. I don't know fashion, but it's just it's different. <laughs> Fendi back. Listen. So people were upset with Candace's tweet, like Van, apparently. Not upset, but, you know, he thinks it needs to stop. That's a strong word. I think people were overreacting. I tried to get Candace to come on the podcast. She did. She would not to talk about this and address it. Uh, But here's the thing. If you break down her tweet, I think people were looking at, they just saw her say the word tacky, right? She said, I pray this tacky overdone prom trend. She's calling the trend tacky, not the people, not their attire. And she said, and she even ended it by saying, they look nice though. If you guys haven't seen it, it's a full-on red carpet. There's like a step and repeat. There are balloons. They're wearing matching outfits. There's like a Rolls Royce. There's all these other cars that are parked there. It's like a whole thing. I don't think it's tacky, and maybe that's the word that's triggering people, but it's a, it's a lot. And I personally wouldn't take to my social media to tweet about it, but what I... Man. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> You're pulling to me. <laughs> Closing your eyes and falling asleep. Uh, I'm listening. Listen, I'm not, I am not saying that I wouldn't do this for my kid, probably. It's a lot of money. And who are you doing it for? I would do something nice. But I probably wouldn't take the social media to talk about it either. But honestly, get off Candace, y'all. Y'all are just looking for a reason to be mad about something. It's not that big of a deal. She said they look nice. She acknowledged how great they look. She thinks the trend is too much. And it is too much. It's It's too much. This ain't no get off my yard type stuff. It's too much. It's not too much. It's too much. Can I be honest with you? Yeah. All of this stuff, it's just it's all arbitrary, right? I can make an argument that make it going to the prom, which is a once, maybe twice in a lifetime thing, representing a part of your life that you'll never do it again. Yes. I see all of these celebrity people; they get dressed up and do too much at the drop of a hat. I seen people dressed up like cats right. going to the Met Gala. It's too much. People wearing, it's not too much. None of it's too much. It's only too, why is it too much? It's what people do. People get it all is. dressed up. They put pictures on their Instagram. Look at where they, they kids, they celebrate. They go into the prom. They will never be in high school again. God damn it. Leave them alone. I'm and not what, saying and, they can't and celebrate. The, and the, and the, to go on there and call it tacky, like the what trend. is the, what, okay? What is it? No, it don't see. See, well, see how we split hairs for people we like. See how we split hairs. I, for people I am we dissecting like? her tweet. She called the trend. If she hadn't said they look nice, I'd be right there with you. Nah, man, we splitting hairs. I like we we splitting hairs. Is Candace uh, Giselle would have never said this? <gasps> I tell you straight up. <laughs> Giselle, Giselle would Honestly, never Giselle this. would do this. Giselle would do Giselle this for her would kids. Do this. See? She would do this uh, for I, her kids. I put out <laughs> my Real Housewives of Potomac ranking, and Where was everybody Candace? got on me. She was third. I like Candace. Okay. I like I like Candace. I especially like the couple. Like, but I like Candace. I like Candace's music. Candace's dope. But I put out my ranking, and 
everybody was on me. That's a terrible ranking. And then, lo and behold, who is dissing school children? (laughs) School children. You got to do better than that, Candace. (laughs) What's your husband's name again? He the man. Chris. Mike? Chris. Chris. I bet Chris, 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 you know what? I want to know what Chris thinks about this. You know, I want to know what Chris thinks about this. Uh, what what did what did Chris get called? He got called a a sneaky <laughs> <laughs> by your number one. Yeah, I wasn't right. I'm not saying that Giselle is always right. That wasn't right. But Candace, this, this wasn't right. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. All right. Let me tell you, let me tell you how diabolical Taylor Swift is. <laughs> <laughs> there's no other word to use let me tell you how diabolical Taylor Swift is man I'm gonna be real with y'all Taylor Swift she playing chess and the rest (laughs) of y'all playing fucking Candyland we (laughs) talked about Matt Healy on this podcast Taylor Swift's rumored boyfriend everybody pretty much knows they're together who likes to watch Ghetto Gaggers, which is a site where black ladies get fucking karate kicked during sex scenes. It's not great. It's not a great look. He talked about all kinds of shit. He's very problematic. Talked about his feelings about Ice Spice. Mm -hmm. Lo and behold, Taylor Swift has now tweeted that she is doing a collab with Ice Spice. Mm, So much to tell you. I'm a massive fan of this brilliant artist. (laughs) And after getting to know her, I can confirm she is the one to watch. So delighted to say that Karma featuring the incredible Ice Spice will be out tomorrow. Taylor Swift is working with Ice Spice now after her boyfriend, Matt Healy, went nuts talking really crazy shit. I'm not going to lie. About her. About, About Ice, Ice Spice. Spice. Rachel, you're, this is some of the illest shit I had never seen before. Taylor Swift is the Lex Luthor of pop, of pop music. She Nobody fucking with her. She said, I put her on the song. Then what? 
Not what y'all gonna say. How can we? I, they, Matt Healy probably gonna write the song. It's probably they, <laughs> they probably gonna have I Taylor Swift sw- featuring Ice Spice, and then they hop, they're gonna do the Ghetto Gaggers remix. Fan. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? What? <laughs> so this is what this is how it goes. This is what I was talking about. This is how it go, this is how it goes. Everybody now it's like Taylor Swift got Ice Spice put her on the song, and they forget and they forget about it, and they'll forget what do about you think? it. This means nothing to me. I just, I wish, see, like, I could just never really fully be in this world because I just wouldn't play the game. I wish I Spice would say, no, I'm not going to be on it. I really do. I think professionally, it's great for Ice Spice because it's Taylor Swift. It's going to open her up to, I mean, she's hot right now. She's crossed over at this point, Ice Spice has, but it opens her up to an even bigger audience. It's a huge collaboration for her if you separate it from the whole Matt Healy thing. But I wish she could be, I wish she could see that she's being used as a pawn in all of this. So which one outweighs the other? And for me, I just couldn't play this game. I'd rather come out and be like, I actually said no to Taylor Swift because she is affiliated with this guy who makes derogatory and racist comments about me and other women and then also tops it off by watching ghetto ghetto gaggers that humiliates black women. That is what I wish would happen. But in a perfect world... I forgot the name of the site. What's the name of the site? Say say it again. Stop. You know it. You knew it before I knew it. <laughs> I never thought that Rachel would say Ghetto Gaggers. <laughs> You're not about to Taylor Swift me, okay? Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying it again. But I in a perfect world, that's what I would like to see happen. Don't 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 play play into it all. She's using you. She's using you to move past controversy. Is it a genius diabolical move? Yes. But it would be so much greater if Ice Spice and her people were like, nah. And then Beyonce's so like, I'm going want- to use, I'm going to put Ice Spice on a song. That's that's my ta- perfect world. Or Rihanna want- or somebody, somebody big or bi- just as big or bigger. So Taylor Swift has never worked with, I think they said, Nicki Minaj. She's never worked with Cardi so B. many other. Cardi B. You know, Ice, Ice Spice, brilliant artist. Shout out to Ice Spice. It's a, it, look, it works. You would she like Ice Spice. She is using you. She is using you. You want Ice Spice to not do the song. I want her to not do the song. This is even more problematic on Taylor's part. She is she is using, you already said she's playing chess. 4D chess. And she's using look, Ice Spice to do it. Is it fair to I ask see Ice Matt Spice? Healy- I get, I get the, I get, that's what I said, I couldn't play the game. Is it fair? Maybe not. I get the professional reasons, the monetary reason. I get it. I get it. If you were Ice Spice, if you were Ice Spice, would you not do the song? I, I wouldn't. You're lying. I wouldn't. I don't believe But I wouldn't, but I, I just, I don't, that's why I say I don't fully fit in the world. I don't, I couldn't play the game like that. I couldn't. Remember when I asked, remember when we asked the question if you would take the 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 two hundred and fifty million or a billion dollars and or to either what? that or or end racism? Remember that? Yeah. Remember what I your answer money. was? <laughs> <laughs> I 
because I don't think racism could ever, could That's ever. That's not the hypothetical. Well, I said I'd take the money. I gave you an answer. I gave you an answer. And I would use Look, the money to fight racism. I can't. If you ice spice, you got to be From up here. From up here. Yeah, from up here. <laughs> I fund the campaigns. Um, I fund the campaigns. Um, if if I'm Ice Spice, you got to do the record. But goddamn Taylor Swift. Tell you, every, she wins. I'm telling you. She wins. Every time you think the, the whole era's tour, Taylor Swift will get up there. She's going to shed a tear. You know, she shed a tear. And then Ice Spice going to come out there with Munch. And then we and all of this is gonna be cool until Taylor Swift invites Ice Spice out to the Eras tour to do much. And then we see Taylor Swift dancing the much. And then right away it's gonna snap back into us. We're gonna be like, that's not what we want. I guess I gotta have a new poster. A new what do you need a new poster? It's oh, yeah. gonna go to the concert. Ice Spice well, is a pawn. Well, you can't do it now because she's empowering black women. Ice Spice is a pawn. That's going to be your poster? Ice Spice is a pawn? I'm going to have two of them. two of them. All right, this next topic, we're going to take a break. When we come back on this next topic, I want everybody in on this one. I want all four people. All right, one second. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. Side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, look, I really... This one's interesting. It's not that interesting to me, but people have been making interesting comments on it. There's a Chinese makeup artist. Everybody pop in. God damn it, guys. Um, oh, shit. Here comes fucking... <laughs> nature. <laughs> when nature calls. The fucking crocodile. Honey. Johnny, bro. Jesus Christ. Um, so, Chinese makeup artist. Uh, she put Kobe Bryant makeup on. Okay. She said, Kobe is forever in my heart. Her name is Easy Balbo, Balbo, bald cap, all of that stuff. So she can look like Kobe Bryant. And the question is, she's a makeup artist, is, is this blackface? Is this blackface in its form and function? Or is this her 
doing a makeup rendition of Kobe Bryant? And is there space in between? I'm assuming we've all seen this video. What do we think? I look at somebody darkening their face. I'm like, there it is, blackface. <laughs> but then I had a conversation with somebody, a Negro, that was like, is this blackface though? Because there's a whole part of the makeup community that's always stretching themselves in different makeup ways and all of that stuff. And I'm not sure if I know enough about that to know blackface or not. What do y'all think? It's really interesting because I've seen like a few videos of this. It's a lot of like Korean, uh, Chinese, Japanese people who, you know, do this blackface thing, um, which yeah, it's literally, it literally is blackface, but they make the, uh, I dare I say, excuse that it, they don't know the cultural significance and uh, issues around blackface and see it as more of a, I don't know, a dedication. I think it's very inappropriate and they have the internet, so should, they should know what it is. Do I think it's the normal blackface that we know from, you know, America or Western cultures? No, but do I think that it is a form of new age blackface? Possibly. Blackface is in its intent as far as what it as far as what it was. It was very specific. But the cultural legacy of blackface isn't as specific. Um I think what black people are saying with black people, at least is what I'm saying, can't speak for all the black people, is that I find it unsettling at best, enraging, um, at worst, when someone darkens their skin to look like a black person. Because I don't think that the world, particularly the Western world, has given black people uh, enough agency in their own skin for someone to jump into our skin yet. I think if I felt fully free, I might not have a problem with you darkening your skin to look like me or mine. But the thing is, that there's a toll that hasn't been paid. And all of this shit, it's not for free. It's not for free. It's just like, it's, it's, it's not for free. No more all of the rhythm and none of the blues. You know what I mean? It's a, none of that. Like It's a great homage to Kobe. That's fine. I, I don't care. Dress up like Kobe all you want. Put on the jersey and, and dunk. You know what she should have done if she wanted to be like Kobe? Don't darken your face. Do something really impressive. Put on Kobe's jersey and then dunk the ball. That's what I would say. I want to see her either dunk the ball or I want to see that fall away jumper. Because darkening your face to look like Kobe, that's fine. If you want to be like Kobe, go out there and get some buckets. But I'm not trying to see no God. Donnie, you're laughing. I'm being for real. That's more, uh, Bean would be more impressed with that. Because that that he had to work for. I see, well, you know, it's good. You can do makeup, whatever. Don't, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to hit this shit. Don't darken your face. Can you see me? Yeah. Can you hear me now? Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Internet's bad. Or it's just I'm at work and they're trying to cut me off here. Listen, 
It's blackface. I couldn't hear everything everyone was saying. So I'm sorry if I'm repeating it. I don't, here's my question. If it was a bad job, would you feel, would, would you think people would feel different? I think people are trying to police our interpretation of this a little bit. I don't know. But if, if, if it didn't look like Kobe, like she was like, I'm going to, I'm a makeup artist and I'm going to, I'm going to put myself as Kobe. And it looked like Uncle Ruckus or something. I don't know. I, I don't do think you she think that, that people, much like I don't think she looked that much like Kobe. I it think favors. It's all right. It yeah. favors. Do you think? But it's still a decent job of blackface. If there's you such like a it. thing, if there's such you, a thing, Van, fuck off. I don't like it. <laughs> 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 but I think people would have a different reaction, and they're trying to excuse it because she did a good job of turning herself from an Asian woman to a black man, which just saying that sentence out loud shows how problematic this is. Why are we even debating this? Why are we debating this? This is so problematic. This shit is, this In shit any is. other... I don't care that she's a makeup artist. That's the other thing. If she was just... If she was a violinist and she did this, will we, will we change our minds? I'm not giving her any type of excuses. Don't do this. You put on a black face. It is costume. You could, if you're that good of a makeup artist, be somebody else. Be somebody else. You want to turn yourself into a man? Give her somebody. <laughs> I thought I was going to say bad. I was going to say Jackie Chan. Oh, Jesus be, Christ. Be somebody Asian. Oh Don't do black. Don't do oh black is my point. It's my point. It's like, Don't, do black. Like, <laughs> Don't do black. Don't do black. Jesus Christ. I only hesitated man. because I just You have no nigga. You, like, the hesitation like, might have made it worse if you would have just said it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you would have just said it. Then it would have been a situation where we could... Don't be black. (laughs) You're Asian. Do somebody Asian if you want to be a man. Don't do black. Really, she could do anybody. Blackface, and this is kind of what I was talking about before. She could come on that bitch and do Joe Biden. I wouldn't have a fucking problem with it at all. Blackface (laughs) has a very, yeah, very specific history. Remember, y'all, it was dehumanizing a caricature what people don't understand is all of these little things that are little to you that we're saying, hey, we don't like them. Do you know what we think or what my mind goes to? Death. And let me tell you why. It's blackface. Niggers are less. We can put our faces on, act crazy, but they're dehumanizing. Death, death, death. Look, there is all of this talk uh, about... um what racism really means, right? And so I watched this very fascinating uh, interview or uh, debate, this guy named Adolph Reeds from New Orleans. And he uh, he says that he's a very intelligent guy. And he says that race should be, uh, race is less important than class. And he talks about how uh, building vast sort of political coalitions around race is going to be hard. And if we look at the issue from a class lens, right, then what will end up happening is we'll end up addressing all of working Black people's needs. It's much more deep than that. You can read him and his son if you like. And 
they they play it out. There's a book uh, about his experiences in Jim Crow's from New Orleans. So uh, he's one of the guys that, you know, read for a long time. Here's the thing. And this is kind of what I say to arguments like that. And this is where blackface fits in. There was a need to dehumanize black people to make everything that society needed to do to hold up its class structures easier. Sure, it starts off with capitalism. It starts off with, we need free labor, blah, blah, blah. But then after a while, even maybe even before then, probably before then, because when the Pope signed off on this, on that, what it has to be is these niggers are cattle and because they are cattle, we can treat them any way that we want. So the dehumanization of black people in this country becomes necessary to holding up the structural and codified racism that existed in slavery and Jim Crow. I do not think you can have one without the other. I do not mm-hmm. think you can have like a, a, a fundamental system that props up white supremacy that is not married to the belief that black people are inherently less. And blackface is a symptom of that. Okay, white people using the N-word, it's a symptom of that. All of these things are things that say, hey, these niggers aren't as good as us, so therefore we can do whatever we want. And the only thing that we are saying is, if you guys say that you don't believe that, just don't do these things no more because we don't like them. And what do y'all keep trying to do? Tell us why they're okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you want to be like Kobe, go get some buckets. If I saw this woman right now put on a Kobe jersey, go out to a pickup game, and get 12 out of 15, that video would go viral for all positive reasons. She puts on a Kobe jersey. She puts on a sleeve. Maybe she breaks her indent, her, 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 her finger, you know what I mean? And puts on a little Kobe thing, plays with the broken finger, goes out there and gets buckets. Not the blackface, though. Ashley liked it. Yeah, the blackface. Ashley sent me that video. Come on, y'all. Ashley sent me that video and was like, man, look at the talent. That was the, that's what she said. <laughs> Can I ask uh, a really quick question, though? What? Like about, about this particular thing. So, um, so in the, in America, we all know black, well, we should know blackface is wrong, but I've noticed a lot of like Europeans and, you know, in Asian countries, just like in this video, they seem to do blackface quite a lot. I know like in the Netherlands, they have like a whole, what you know, uh, yeah, they have a whole like party, uh, an event, a, a holiday day. where yeah. they, where they do blackface and do and what? And be black, they just okay? Have a party. Yeah, they. But it's like, like uh, it's, they dress up like they black paint people. their faces black. You can't tell me they don't know what the black fuck they're doing. Person. You can't. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then in Japan, they have like this whole culture of people who tan uh, to be this kind of like character, a black character. But they say it's like uh, a way to represent or you know who they what they like about black people how do we as americans as westerners how do we you know acknowledge and approach this kind of culture uh, when we see it 
you know, because <gasps> it's uh, immediately offensive and so, terrifying to look at. Yeah, I'm looking so, at the pictures now. So in the Netherlands, what they say is, you guys have heard of Black Pete, right? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's yeah, Black yeah, yeah. Pete. He's the bad Santa Claus. Remember, if you ever saw Collateral and then the guy it, like Javier Bardem in Collateral, he talks about Black Pete and and the whole deal. So they're trying to, they say that they're dressing up like Black Pete in Christmas and they come in the coal and the stocking and Black Pete is like an anti-Santa. He's like a bad Santa. And that's what he looks like. A nigga. Apparently. Yeah. And so they say it's not racist. There, there's different places that do this. <laughs> uh, see what see how they fuck over us? Fuck it. See how they fuck. I don't want to go to Spotify intro days. I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I, mean? I don't. I don't, don't want to go over there. I, I, I just know I'm gonna go over there. And I'm gonna be hanging out, and it's gonna be the day of the Black Pete Festival. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's like I, I, I understand that, and that's, I guess, a very salient point. But they learn everything else. You know, she knows who Kobe is, and she loves Kobe. Do dig a little deeper. You know what I'm saying? Dig a little deeper. And now you know. How many times do we have to say it's bad? We have to say it's bad so many times. Remember when the girl from Orange is New Black did blackface? It's like so yes. many times they do blackface. How many times do you guys say it's wrong? No, it I'm was Julianne going. Huff. It was Julianne Huff who dressed up as Crazy Eyes. She dressed up as the girl from. That's what it was. Let's, let's yeah. call her name. Yeah. Oh, That's right. It was, oh, Julie, right. It was Julie, Julianne, Julie Huff. That's who did it. Yeah. She was Crazy Look. Eyes. Uh, what is it called? It, 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 um, it says Black Pete. Black Pete. Donnie, you kind of look like Black Pete a little bit. I'm not going to lie, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you Donnie, can't tell me this isn't right. Come on. They say, Donnie, I'm reading this Black article Pete now. They say that all, Black kids in the Netherlands, when they were growing up, they they called them Black Pete's. Come on. Oh, no. Nah, see? So they know. <laughs> see, see what they I'm know, saying? Of course they know. I'm not giving anybody a pass. Of course. They call black kids. They said anybody who grew up in their childhood knows that if they were black, they were called a black Pete. Come on. They turned it to a slur. I'm (laughs) sorry. That's a great, it was a great, it was a great question. But like, y'all, y'all keep your antennas up. If they out here calling you a black Pete, don't laugh (laughs) along. You need to understand. I didn't even know about this day. You need to know. You need to know. That's know. another word. I'm telling you, you go the over to the Netherlands, you, know. you get over there, and it's like, Pete, what would you like? Would you like? No. All right, mail back. What was the accent? What was the accent? How they talk in Netherlands. Pete, Pete, what would you say? It's wrong. That's wrong. What I see, how I can stand in that. What I just did, doing the Netherlands voice, I apologize. It was wrong. <laughs> okay. Voice. See, see how that's see how easy that is? It's wrong. Don't do voices of other ethnicities. It's bad. All right. Um, mailbag time. Time to read your letters and then we'll reply to them. Oh, it's mailbag time. Write us with your queries and we'll chime. And mailbag. All right. Uh, first one is from Hot Girl in ATT. Uh, which is better, Cajun or Creole food, or is it really just the same? It's not the same. This is a van question. And 
yeah, it, it's, it's not the same. There are differences. And I will say something right now. Mm-hmm. I think that Creole food is better. Um, I'm a little bit closer to that culture, but I will say something and I would, I would like to put something on the blueprint right now. I would like to, uh, give out an olive branch between different factions of Louisiana. There was an incident that happened not too long ago. And that incident was that, uh, the Louisiana, the, the University of Louisiana, Lafayette. Okay. They, uh, had a crawfish boil. And after this crawfish boil, they dusted their crawfish. I don't know if you know what this means. This is what you guys do in Texas. They dusted their crawfish. Meaning, in Texas, sometimes what people do when they're having the fake-ass crawfish boils that go on in, in Texas is that they season the crawfish after it's already been boiled. They dust the crawfish off. They put the seasoning on after it's already been boiled. Parts of Louisiana where I'm from, that is a no-no. Okay. You cannot tell the people from Cajun country how to cook. I'm sorry. It's just like a reality. So it was really surprising to a lot of people to see them dusting their crawfish over at ULL. After that, it was surprising to see them do it. I'm sorry. It was surprising to see it happen. Okay. Um, and this started a lot of intrastate South Louisiana civil cooking war stuff. I want to say this straight up right now. I love the Acadianas. I love the 337. I love the way you guys cook. Bat Rouge, Lafayette, all of these places. We got to be together, guys. We got to be together. <laughs> Was it a little shocking to see you dust your crawfish? Sure. I trust you guys. If you guys, at first, I, I I reacted poorly. But if you guys are dusting the crawfish, you're dusting the crawfish. It's fine. I don't want my crawfish dusted. Okay, it's against the whole thing to me. But you can't impugn the way they cooking over there. That's the Cajun, I've Cajun, never seen Cajun them capital. Dust. I've never nah, seen them dust, dust y'all, the y'all crawfish. Y'all definitely dust them in Texas. In Texas, y'all got certain things y'all can cook. Other than that, y'all know what y'all do. I, I like never have seen the process. Yeah. I just eat the crawfish. Yeah, but you know, if it, 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 it like, it, 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 I don't know. Uh, yeah, all right, uh, what's Move the next on. question? Uh, next is up from <laughs> October's very own. <laughs> Why October. are you laughing? <laughs> Did he <laughs> Move on. October's very own. Asked, well, I'm also, it's also making me hungry. What are uh, what are Copper Brownie and Bozeman's favorite toys? Oh shit, Bozeman likes any toy. Yeah, Bozeman comes to our house and tears up all our toys, all Copper and Brownie's toys. <laughs> Every single yeah. one. Of them. Yeah, Bozeman he likes any apart. toy. But Bozeman is just those Bozeman's just a, a a toy fanatic. So like he his favorite toy is the ball. I have to say that low so he doesn't hear me. But he likes any toy. Yeah, co- uh, Copper loves a tennis ball. Um, Brownie, he just does whatever Copper does. Honestly, my 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 dog's favorite toys are food. Just food. Why? 
Why are you playing Brownie like he a why are you playing Brownie like he a punk ass bitch like that? No, he just he doesn't he's really he play. He doesn't really play with toys like that. His big brother Brownie, does. Man. Don't do it. Brian Brownie hears me. He's uh, he's not even bothered. Right here. Next question. All right. All right. Uh mother of Teddy. When you were single, uh, what were your deal breakers? Oof. Oh, Daffries. Oh, it was it was it wasn't it wasn't many. It wasn't many, man. I was on the simp train. <laughs> I was on the train to simp bill. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was I can't act like I was a gorilla pimp like that. I'm just too easygoing of a guy, you know? It wasn't, I, I wasn't like laying down the law. I've never, I'm not even going to pretend like I was the type of nigga that was like, hey, you know, make daddy a sandwich with extra mayo. That's not me. I'd like, you know, I'll come home from work and make you a sandwich. <laughs> like it's not, I didn't have that many deal breakers, you know? Rachel, what about I'm you? To How think. many deal breakers were I there? mean, like bad breath. Uh... You needed to have a job. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I, honestly, I don't really... Maybe I did and I just forgot. I feel like I was very shallow in my earlier years. That... <laughs> Van, shut up. <laughs> I hate when you start <laughs> smiling in a sneaky way because I'm like, what is what is going through his mind? I was very shallow. So I don't even really want to say all of that. I'm, I'm trying to think of stepping into my 30s. What were my deal breakers? And there weren't that many. There weren't that many. It's all about the connection. I got to be able to connect to you. I got to be able to feel you. If I don't feel anything, not being close with your family was a deal breaker for me, for sure. See, I didn't even fuck about shit like that because everybody got a sob story, right? So, like, it, it, everyone, everybody got a sob story. Cause, well, I know motherfuckers now that's not that. But, every, but everybody, everybody got a sob story, right? So, if you're not, <laughs> see, that's the thing. I, don't, I never, I would never was looking at it like, damn, she's not close with her family. So, what does that mean? I'm like, damn, you're not close with your family. That's so sad. You want to go I mean, shopping. you're right. I like, I'll right. have to hear the story behind it. You're right. You're right. You're right. right. I'll have to hear the story. But if it was like, because you're just like an evil person and you don't want anything to do with them, like, I can't handle that. Yeah. Well, all right. Next question. Is that it? Yeah, there is no next question. That is it. All right, cool. I want to say something real quick before we go. I want to give a special shout out to somebody. I want to give oh. a special shout out to Ian... Vaughn Spooner Jr. Hey, this is Ian's son, my nephew, who is a graduate, a 2023 graduate of Woodlawn oh. High School in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Now, was I a fan of you going to Woodlawn? No. None of you guys went to McKinley, and that's fine. The only one that went to McKinley is Cy, Gino's son. Because he he lives his life right. Shout out to Cy. But I want to say something real quick. There's a sacrifice that I've made in my life, okay? And it's not a great sacrifice. Moving to L.A. to go after the things that I've wanted to go after in my life means that I've missed a lot of the lives of Ian, Amari, RJ, Brooklyn, Cy, Leah, all of the children um, 
Trey's kids, Brian's kids, everyone. I've missed so much of their lives. I've missed so much of the lives of the next generation of the, 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 the men and women that I love, right? Gabby, all of them. I've missed so much of their lives. Mm -hmm. And that hurts me a lot. Like, it hurts me to see Ian graduate knowing that me and him Aww. ain't never played a, pick, a game of pickup basketball. But I am so proud of Ian. I'm so proud of the men that, uh, as much as I joke about the player-proof crew, the, about the fathers, the husbands, the dads that we are, and seeing these kids well-adjusted and out there living their lives beautiful, black, strong, and confident. It's amazing. Especially if you guys just knew how ain't shit your fathers used to be. If you guys knew, if everyone oh, we knew so just good. how ain't shit <laughs> your fathers used to be. If y'all knew some of the things that I've went through with your dads to see how great you kids are, to see some of the shit that went down. I could tell stories after stories after stories. Don't. I'm so proud of these men. I'm so proud. I'm proud of Katrina. I'm proud of Amar. I'm proud of everyone. And y'all really did good, bro. Take your thing. I'm also telling you some stories about your dad because you don't know. I know. <laughs> and, yeah. Take your thing counts off. But do not stop learning. I am Van Lathan Jr. I'm Rachel Lynn Lindsay. Bye, guys, and happy long weekend. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side by side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.